Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, welcome everyone to Drive Through HR. Uh, as as someone pointed out to me earlier this week, um, having a drive through is perfect in uh, the year of 2020 because we're so used to driving through everywhere now or doing pickup. So uh, we are here on Drive Through HR on October 15th, 2020. Uh, I am your host, Robin Schooling, and uh, my co-host, Michael, is not with me today, so it's just me and me and our guest, and um, we're going to have a really uh, good conversation today, things that, um, things that are kind of top of mind, I think, for any of us working in and around HR. So welcome, welcome, welcome to our guest, Kim Seals. Hey, Kim. Hey there. How are you? I am uh, I am doing well. I am doing well. It's uh, it's uh, kind of a weird um, time, and I think we'll kind of <laughs> reference this several times throughout the show. But uh, you know, this is uh, this is that time of year when we're used to seeing each other in person at the HR Tech Conference, and uh, of yep. course, that's not happening in person this year. <laughs> But, but maybe we can still have some martinis while we're uh, watching online together. Exactly. I think we should do that because that's our, that's our HR Tech Conference uh, tradition slash ritual. Yeah. <laughs> sit and have a martini together. <laughs> oh. But we're going to, you know, I think, uh, I think we'll see some interesting things come out of the conference. We'll, we'll kind of circle back to the conference a little bit near the end of the show, um, which will be a good wrap-up um, to um, our listeners on how they can get some more of these insights uh, in person um, during the conference. So let's, uh, let's dive in to our conversation. And before we do that, though, um, I'd like to ask kind of the, you know, typical uh, HR lady slash interview question, which is sure. introduce yourself, Kim. Tell us, tell okay. us a little bit about you. <laughs> Uh, sure, happy to. Well, uh, hi, everybody. I'm Kim Seals, and I have been in HR now. I've been one of those HR ladies for close to 30 years now. I uh, you know, start, started my career in corporate HR as a generalist and then specialized in, in comp and benefits and, uh, and then took the uh, leap into consulting. Uh, I spent 15 years of uh, my consulting career at Mercer, uh, while I was at Mercer, I had a couple of different uh, jobs, a couple of different opportunities. I uh, was an HR transformation consultant by background, and mm-hmm. that meant that I no longer got to design plans and programs. Nobody wanted me to do that. They more wanted me to help them figure out, like, how should they be effectively delivering HR around the world. Um, ultimately, ended up leading that practice for Mercer globally. 
uh, and then uh, took a detour to uh, help uh, set up uh, Mercer's uh, talent technology practice and offerings because we had a lot of clients that were looking for tech to enable the consulting solutions. Did that for a while and then ended my career at Mercer um, running the Atlanta market for three years across everything Mercer did, looking at our go-to-market strategies and, and, uh, and how we helped our clients in a um, health, wealth, careers type environment. Mm -hmm. Um, but but um, back in uh, at the end of 2016, I had, had hit the 15-year milestone at Mercer and decided to go out on my own and do some things. I was investing in startups, uh, which I'm super passionate about, and you know that could be a whole topic for us as well about what's happening yep. in the startup scene, especially especially women in tech. We're seeing so many um, wonderful women just uh, uh, going out on their own and starting these really unique and creative companies, and I'm happy to be able to help them get some capital that they need uh, to, um, to run their businesses. Uh, and then along the way, reconnected with some of my old Mercer colleagues, um, who, uh, ladies I had consulted with before, and then I had always stayed in touch with Stacey Harris, and um, when Stacy uh, reached out to me earlier this year and let me know she was going to spin out the uh, HR system survey from uh, from our friends at Sierra Cedar, I was like, "There, you know, we need to really get together and talk about how can we put together something really unique and creative on both the consulting and the research side." Uh, so that was the birth of Sapient Insights Group. Um, and sapient meaning wise, and so we're a bunch of wise women, we think, and, um, and, and hope you all agree. Uh, and we're focused on the research and advisory stuff that really gives our clients the data and the insights that they need to make those uh -huh. enterprise-wide people and financial outcomes. So we really want to ground ourselves in data, ground ourselves in practical um, ideas and things like that. Um, so we do the research. So we've got the um, we've got a 23-year-old survey, which we're about to talk about some results on. Uh, we, where we track all the latest and greatest HR tech trends. Um, we do HR strategy consulting, HR transformation. And then breaking news, Robin, uh, first time we're talking about this publicly is uh, we are Ooh. moving into the, diversi the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. Uh, so Ooh. we are seeing so many of our clients that are asking us to help them transform how they're thinking about mm -hmm. uh, diversity and insights. So we're bringing on a a new partner, um, we're bringing on Pam Jeffords, who's going to be joining us most yeah. recently. She was at PwC and was yep. running their um, diversity practice. So Pam's going to be joining our team. Uh, we um, we already kind of have her in part-time, but she'll be full-time in November. We'll certainly share more about that when she joins. But yeah. we're really excited to, to take our, our research and our HR strategy and change yep. management consulting and, and get into the DE&I space. So, um, yeah. so we'll, we'll – um, have Pam come on at some point and talk to you guys about that. But that's really exciting about where we're taking Sapient from here. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. I, uh, we, got, we, we got a scoop here on Drive Through HR. And, uh, you, you got it? You, got you know, it that's <laughs> – yeah. But that's such a good – that's such a good fit. That's a good piece of that because I think the, um, you know, DE and I, you know, uh, is yet another um, – area, if you will, of HR that um, eh, we don't do such a good deal of looking at the data and the numbers we and don't. the impact yeah. and, and that sort of thing. So, oh, yeah, y'all will bring bring that to it. That's wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. 
Well, we are we're excited about that add to our, our services and, and also uh, really excited about what's happening this month with the launch of our 23rd annual yes. some survey. So, um, you know, Stacey's been a, a dear friend for, uh, gosh, probably at least 10, maybe more, 15 years uh, from um, way back when, when she and I started working together on some data and research she was doing where we provided some clients. So couldn't be more mm-hmm. thrilled to be working with her on, on what we're learning with this year's survey. Yeah. So tell 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 everybody a little bit about the survey. We know this is this is the 23rd year, as you said, um, mm-hmm. and it's one of those um, you know. Yeah, I look for it every year when it comes out. It's just one of those <laughs> yes, yes. must read you know um, must read surveys, must read uh, pieces of research. Um, yes. What um, what what made this year's survey different? Well, you know, one of the things that we did uh, back at the, uh, probably in that March-April timeframe is we really pivoted into what did we think would be helpful for, for people to know about what was happening in this space as it related to COVID-19, which we all mm-hmm. as HR professionals know, that's really upended the way we think about talent, the way we think about people, the way we think about the data we need to make those decisions that are happening in real time during the COVID crisis. Yeah. You know, what are your most critical roles? Who, um, you know, where are your people actually, you know, uh, just various pieces of data that you need as HR people to be giving to the business so that they can make those decisions about how to survive, right? Just, I mean, some yeah. companies are in basic survival mode. You know, there, there are some companies that are thriving. They pivoted into the crisis in a way that their business model's changing. And even then, you still need HR and talent-related data to, to make those pivots happen. Uh, So we wanted to be sure we got out in front with some questions that were specifically designed to say, what's new in your world? What's changing because of COVID? Uh, So, Mm -hmm. you know, don't worry. I don't want to, I don't want to cause anybody to panic. We're still asking the same questions we've asked for 23 years. We still have those great trend lines, but we added some new stuff around COVID uh, that we thought would really help put some of this stuff in perspective. Yeah. One of those things that, um, will uh, i think in the future we'll look back on this year's survey as as wow look what happened in 2020 and what people were consumed with i guess uh for want of a better absolutely. word absolutely yeah. Yeah. And, and, and um, how it's changed, how it's really turned up upside down the way we're thinking about the future of work yeah. remote work you know all that yeah yeah now and, and i think there's two pieces to it because you know we're still we're still living it we're 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 in it we're in our organizations we're still taking new actions every day um while simultaneously thinking about hopefully simultaneously thinking about the future you know what is what is what we're doing mm-hmm. today going to impact and how is what we're doing today going to inform our future um but if we look at you know kind of these conversations that you've had with people and and the information you got back via the survey, um, what what have been some of the top actions that yeah. HR leaders and companies have taken this year? So we we did ask that question in the survey. We had over 1,900 respondents this year, uh, all mm. around the world. Um, we had organizations, small, medium to large. Uh, so a really good set of data points here. And we asked uh, people, what was what were some of the top things your organization was actually doing to respond to the crisis? 
And number one, uh, no surprise, redistributing their critical workforce. Uh, so mm-hmm. did they have the right people in the right jobs at the right time for what was happening in their business? So that whole redistribution piece. Um, yeah. They postponed, uh, postponed special projects. This is not the year to get some things off your bucket list, unfortunately. Right. Uh, so many, <laughs> yeah, many organizations postpone their HR-related special projects to really focus on, on some critical things. Um, you know, sadly, number three, furloughing workers temporarily. Uh, that you know, mm-hmm. some of these industries that were were really hit hard back during the shutdown portion of this pandemic, uh, they had to furlough their workers, and uh, you know, obviously, that uh, has created a lot of distress and the um, you know unemployment and and different things. But that was the number three um, most commonly mentioned action. Uh, the fourth one, reducing or eliminating contract workers. And I'll tell you, Robin, I was actually surprised hmm. this one wasn't further up on the list um, because yeah. most of the big organizations I was talking to, that was like one of the first things they did was they looked around and said, where's, where's that contingent workforce? Where are those contractors? Where are those consultants? Let's take them out because we're going to pause these yep. projects. And we really need to keep and, 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 and put our focus on our own um, employee base and how do we keep uh, the the critical workers we needed there. So that one came out of four out of the top five, but that was a surprise hmm. to me that wasn't a little higher up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then lastly, a lot of spend on on infrastructure tech, not HR tech. And I want to make sure to make that distinction uh, yeah. because when Stacy when Stacy reveals the results later this month, you'll see what happened to actual HR tech spend. But we were seeing a lot of organizations saying they had to um, increase their infrastructure spend. So for an example making sure that they had the professional Zoom level access right, to right. Zoom, right? Where, where you didn't get cut off after 40 minutes if you had more than two people on the call because you were on the free version. But, you know, did they have the right meeting software in place, right? Did, did they have, um, you know, uh, mobile connectivity for their workforce? So, um, mm-hmm. so there was an increase in spending around that infrastructure piece of how do we keep our, our workforce globally connected? Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I was in a conversation earlier this week with a, someone from a, 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 mid, a small mid-sized business and um you know the perfect probably example of that you know took took their workforce all of a sudden everybody's working from home they have a heavy sort of um you know call volume customer service call center uh kind of department and mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. these folks had you know been sitting in an office with you know phone lines coming in, well, all of a sudden they're all deployed to home, and you can't just give them a laptop and say, hop on and here's your use your cell phone. Um, so they right. had to, you know, do that spend to mm-hmm. effectively let people work from home, and it's, you know, uh, it's not just a matter of simply rerouting stuff. It's equipment. It's um, They got to the point where they, you know, had to um, – uh, actually give, re, you know, all of a sudden build in reimbursements and or expenses to let an employee get the upgraded, you know, uh, Wi-Fi connection at home. So right. all, those exactly. little, all those little things. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a year. It's been a year <laughs> for sure. It feels like um, it's, been th- it's been three years, Robin. It feels like it's it been three been three years, years January. <laughs> What um, you know, because you're you're the, so much of the work that you yourself have done, and that the the team obviously at, at um, Sapien Insights does, is um, working working with HR teams to use their data. 
um, right. and, and use that to help inform decisions. So how, uh, you know, how did respondents to the survey, what have you been hearing about how they've been able to use their, their data, you know, the data that they have? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, sort of on the flip side of that, what if they didn't have any? Were people still kind of flying, right. flying by the seat of their pants? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We did ask the we asked the question in two parts, which I think gets to what you're talking about. We said, what were the top five pieces of data that you actually needed right now to support those critical decisions you're making? Mm-hmm. And then for each of those for each of those pieces of data you said you need, did you actually have it? And was it yeah. current? Right? Because those are two very distinct questions. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes we know the data we need, but we just can't get our hands on it. Right? And, um, you know, keeping in mind that this was a, a, a global um, survey, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you about the five uh, things that people said they needed. And you might say, well, that's odd. Wouldn't mm. that be basic? But, but when you're dealing with workforces around the world and this pandemic affecting every country, everywhere, um, some things that you might see as basic data really just became even more critical. Um, yeah. You know, for example, the number, the number one thing, 72% of companies said that they needed data on the employment status of their, uh, of their teams. Like, were they huh. full-time, were they part-time, were they temporary, were they contractors? So they really went looking to segment their workforce and say, you know, what, what, what are, what are the, all the statuses we have out there? And, you know, I think right. that came down to some of the things we talked about earlier about redistributing the critical workforce. You've got to understand who you've got, where they are, you know, what they're, if they're only a, a um, let's say in healthcare, let's take healthcare. If they were a PRN or temporary status, yep. that would be important for you to know, right? Right. So, um, so the good news is, is that 96% of the orgs who said they needed this data actually had that one. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm relieved for my HR colleagues around the world that, <laughs> <laughs> that they at least seem to have, uh, have that data, right? Um, the second uh, most commonly needed piece of information, which makes sense if your employees aren't able to come into the office, is they needed to know their personal phone numbers and their personal emails. Uh-huh. Like, how can we uh-huh. get in touch with them off the grid of the corporate infrastructure? So that was uh-huh. 66% of companies said they needed that information. Um, but the number dropped significantly, and only 83% of employers said they actually had that data. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it really makes you think about, you know, we, we've all seen in the HRAS, there is a, a field for personal email or phone number. And, you know, sometimes you think, okay, that's not important. We'll always communicate with them three, through mm-hmm. our corporate infrastructure. And, you know, I think, Robin, you know, being where you're situated in Louisiana, you can appreciate this. That was oh, a yes. huge issue with, with hurricanes and flooding. Yep. And, um, and all of a sudden your infrastructure is down at your office and you're trying to find your employees and make sure they're safe and you actually don't know how to reach them on their personal devices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's one. 66% of people said they needed it. 83% of those 66 said they had it, right? Um, yep. The third was absence or leave data. So who's actually at work? <laughs> who's out on absence? Um, uh-huh. So 60, 64% of companies said they needed that. Luckily, 93% of employers said, yep, yeah, we, we did need it and we had it. So, um, so that was good. Uh, the, the fourth one is, is a topic that I've been talking about for a while now, which is this whole idea of do you know, do you really understand what the critical roles are in your organization? Mm-hmm. What are the critical roles and positions? Do you know that? So that if you had to make difficult decisions about what's happening to your workforce, could you do it? Do you have the information? And mm-hmm. 64% of organizations said, yes, that was a piece of data we needed. 
but only 80% said they actually knew it. So there's, you know, mm-hmm. so that was the lowest, that was the lowest data point we saw for organizations saying, uh, I, had a, I had a need for some information and I could not get my hands on it. Mm-hmm. And then fifth, fifth and finally was work and shift schedules. What were employees scheduled to work and when? Um, again, very important information for a lot of the, um, the healthcare, the hospitality, the retail type environments where they really need to understand shifts and schedules. Um, and uh, 66% of orgs said, yeah, that's data I really needed. Um, 89% of them said they actually had it. So um, that, that one, I would have thought that one would have been higher because I don't know how you're paying people if you don't actually know what shifts they're on. But right. you know, maybe, there, you know, maybe there's some other way that that was being managed. But, yeah, so a little, um, little more than 10% said they couldn't put their hands on that data if they needed it. Yeah. So it was well, really, it was it interesting was really to see that. Yeah. And I think, you know, as you said, kind of having having lived through, um, you know, the world of, of hurricanes, um, every after every event here in South Louisiana, um, you know, we make little tweaks to exactly that sort of thing. So many, many mm-hmm. lessons learned, obviously, during Katrina <laughs> um, yeah. I had, uh, that I had, you know, we, we tweaked a lot after that. Um, I had Gustav, I had major Baton Rouge flooding, things of that nature. Um, and it allowed us to, um, you know, on the, on the plus side of the column, um, okay, what do we need to do to get that information? Uh, we, so just as a little aside here, when we had our major flooding here in 2016, I had like 30, about 35% of, of my total workforce were displaced. Their houses mm-hmm. flooded, their vehicles flooded, they right. had nowhere to live. Um, they left the, left the state because they had to, you know, once they could leave their, on a boat out of their neighborhood. Um, but we once had... Once the Cajun Navy came uh, to rescue them. Once the Cajun Navy came. But we had, um, we had put into place, because we anticipated it, because we've lived with that before. Right. So we constantly had updated cell phones, personal emails. I used a texting platform so that when things like mm-hmm. that happened, I could go out and do group, you know, mass texts to hundreds of people. Um, so you, you can kind of find ways to make that, uh, you know, into, a, into a, a positive, I guess, in terms of, okay, what can we do to, to tighten that up, um, which does kind of get us to the tech, tech side of things. And whether that's work right. tech or whether that's HR tech, um, which is kind of another, you know, big, big component, really, of the survey. Um, and that's around um, technology. And you had some interesting findings regarding yes. um, companies' plans uh, in regards to their HR technology. What, what were some things you learned there? So, so we asked our respondents, um, we said, um, are you changing your HR technology initiatives uh, due to COVID-19? So specifically due to COVID-19, are you rethinking those HR tech initiatives? And 47% of orgs said yes, they were. 53% said no, they weren't. So this one was kind of split 50-50, pretty close to 50-50 about who was changing their initiatives and who weren't. Um, uh, But the interesting uh, piece of this is 15% of respondents said they were planning to decrease their HR tech budget. And if you um, know anything about the uh, trends of the HR tech survey, that's a significant jump in the number of companies that said they were going to be decreasing their tech budget. Yeah. And of, yeah. that, of that 15% who said they were going to decrease their tech budget, 
78% of them said the decrease is 100% related to COVID. <laughs> so we wow. are taking our budget down, and it's because of COVID. And uh, that's yep. down for 2021, right? So that's not even mm-hmm. what the stalling out of 2020. We're talking about what happened to your 2021 budget. So, you mm-hmm. know, we do, um, you know, uh, we, we do think that it's going to be an interesting year, uh, for 2021 to see what happens with these decreases in spend and what that means for uh, what's happening uh, with the ability of these orgs to use tax. And, and this is where I'll give, you, give a plug mm-hmm. for my um, colleague, Stacey Harris. So Stacey's going to be mm-hmm. um, presenting at HR Tech uh, the 27th. So she's on the dock at the 27th at 4.45 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's free to register, so please check out the HR Tech yep. conference website and and she's going to be talking about what she sees as the upcoming trends for HR tech in 2021, what's hot, what's emerging. And I, I think that, that that will be interesting to sort of compare and contrast that with these organizations that are um, evenly split on whether they're going to change their initiatives and then the, the high number of folks who are actually decreasing their tech budgets. So, yeah. um, and they're investing in, in tech spend. So, um, you know, so I'm excited for the full report to be released here mm-hmm. just in a little while. Um, that we'll really talk more about that. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, it is, it's like we kind of started the show off with. It is, it's HR Tech Conference season, um, you know, it's always been kind of the big one, <laughs> yes. um, a big one for the year. So those links to the conference um, and a little bit of information about when Stacy's going to be presenting is on our drive through HR um, on the on the web page for this show episode, so HR Tech Conference, um, where where you can find and and get these these full results of this survey. Um, so good good info for everybody to kind of watch out for. Um, we are we are getting close to wrap up. I can't believe it. This 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 goes so fast all the time. Um, <laughs> And you know, talking, talking surveys, talking feedback, talking, learning from each other. Um, you know, we're hearing, we're hearing the end of the year, and as we tend to do in our little ecosystem that we live in, um, everybody starts to make predictions <laughs> for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, what do you, you know? You've got a little data to base it on as well, so that's even better. I do. You're not I do. Just pulling it out of the air like I often do. <laughs> um, what, um, what do you see as top, uh, you know, the top three items that will be top of mind for HR leaders moving into 2021? So I have have three things. Um, The first one is remote work and where it's going to be in the, for the mm-hmm. long term. I think organizations are going to have to figure this out. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that a lot of uh, companies have made knee-jerk reactions to say, we're never going back to the workforce, right? And never mm-hmm. going back to the workplace, I should say. We're, we're going to keep our employees remote. I believe they're going to have to revisit that. And, uh, and this whole concept of remote work, because that leads into the second, you know, big top of mind item, I think it's going to be in engagement, Right. So mm-hmm. if you think about how how workers want to be engaged, you've got a whole um, uh, up and coming generation of workers who believe in the power of networking and who want to be connected to their colleagues. And I'm not. And they're also we're hearing that they have concerns about how will I actually be able to be mentored and coached by leaders in my yep. organization, or how will they actually even know who I am to consider me for future promotional opportunities? And, um, mm-hmm. and so I really think these two are so closely intertwined, which is, you know, are you going to keep your workforce remote? Because we had, um, in our survey, we found that uh, pre-COVID, only 6% of orgs had more than half their workforce out 
um, wow. uh, working remotely, uh, it popped up to about close to 75, 71% that said during COVID they went more than 50% remote. But when we asked them to predict post-COVID, 35% of orgs said they were going to keep at least 50% of their workforce out remote. And so I think wow. that's a short-term decision, and I think 2021 will really help bear out. Is that a sustainable strategy? A lot of these mm-hmm. tech companies that said we're not going back, so it'll be interesting to see how engagement suffers. And then the third topic that I think will be top of mind for HR leaders is learning and development. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, you know, I don't see 2021 being a year where we all of a sudden start traveling again. So I think we're going to be doing more virtual learning. Uh, so I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see what's happening with the way to keep employees feeling engaged and immersed in, in learning and development in a, in a virtual yep. way. So I, I yep. think my top three are all sort of tied together. If the future of work, yes. at least for the short term, is remote, what does that mean to how we engage and, um, and, uh, and develop our teams? Yep. And I think, you know, to kind of smoosh those all together as well, it, it brings in or will quickly learn um, the importance of kind of informal learning within the workforce. Right. It's, that, right. it's that knowledge transfer. It's that how do I – it's that mentoring piece, but it's the informal mentoring piece as well. How right. do I learn – Especially as a as a as a newer entrant to the workforce, how do I learn the 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 norms um, and the uh, you know the the way to interact with my colleagues? It's it's different. It is vastly it will different. Be. So it will be. Yeah, it's going to be for a while. Yep. Yep. Ah, oh, great HR insights. <laughs> um, we are just here about at the end, so. Um, Kim Seals from Sapient Insights Group. Can Kim tell uh, tell our listeners how they can find you online? Sure. Um, so you're welcome to to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can um, you can also check out our Sapient Insights website at sapientinsights.com. All of the links for how to follow us on social media are on our website, where you can learn more about what we do. Uh, follow me on I'm on Twitter at K Seals. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. So I'm I'm pretty active there. Happy to to connect with people online as well. Uh, so, um, yeah, look, look us up online and, and reach out. Sign up for our newsletter. We have our Insightful newsletter. It's, that's the name of it. And we just did our first um, re- uh, newsletter here, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Our, my colleague and partner, Terry Zipper, put that together, did a great job with it. So please, yeah. um, you know, sign up for that uh, so that you can follow along with, with what we're doing. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Kim. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we are out of the drive-thru. Bye, everybody. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.